Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be here, as always. And Shane the Hedgehog Kelly. How are you doing, Shane? Going fast. Yeah. Oh, why is he good to be the Hedgehog Kelly? <laughs> I guess that sounds way better than my name. Actually, oh, crap. I should have gone with Hedge Heininger. That would have been a very good one. Ooh. Uh-huh. Um, yes. I'll tell you guys what, what a fun game is, is to go out and uh, Google image search, take your first name and just add the words The Hedgehog <laughs> and uh, see what horrible fan art pops up. So Shane the Hedgehog has been has been created by many different people and uh, all of them are bad. All right. Well, I will include mine in the show notes. Reagan, uh, Reagan the Hedgehog actually brings up uh, some OC, Reagan the Wolf, and she's super cute. So... Um, I'm going with it. I'll have to reluctantly Google that now. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, oh my god, oh my god, the second result is so much better. So much better. Oh my god. It's got a badly drawn MS paint of a uh, of a guy in a hospital bed, or at least I'm assuming it's a guy in a hospital bed. Uh uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is kneeling beh- beside the hospital bed, and hovering above it is an angel of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and there's text that says Ronald Reagan into house. Beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. It's man wonderful. No one, there's nothing better than a uh, a a radio show where they just talk about the things that they're googling. And right click and use image as desktop picture. <laughs> <laughs> Nate the Hedgehog is disgusting. Yeah, don't look. Don't even look up Nate the Hedgehog because it's disgusting. It's like a hand drawn <laughs> thing with a little bubble that just says your mum. <laughs> Reagan, and you're gonna have to edit in some music here to transition us to actual show content. Yep, indeed. And this week we are talking about uh, Sonic Mania. I'm super excited to talk about today's game, uh, Sonic Mania. As a longtime Sonic fan, um, this is something that I was anticipating for a while and uh, been playing since it came out. I'm glad that we now have are here to talk about it. Yeah, I've been a, a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog since I was a kid. You know, my first uh, first console really well. My first console was the uh, the Sega Game Gear, and we had Sonic Two for that. I think maybe a couple of Sonic games for that. They didn't really stand out, but our first home console, uh, Shane and I, was the uh, Sega Genesis. And, you know, like every Sega Genesis kid, we had Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles played the hell out of every single one of them. You know, I wouldn't say that you both said, I'm a longtime fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I'll have to, I have to say, I used to be a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> And yeah. I stopped being a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. And there yeah. is plenty of reasons why. And this game might bring me back uh, if Sega has learned from this from this one good game, this this gem amongst an enormous wasteland of garbage Sonic yeah, products. That's that's a fantastic point because yeah, my my saying I'm a longtime fan would does kind of insinuate that I have played the games beyond uh, Sonic 1, 2, 3, Knuckles, and then all the other random ones that were coming around at that time. Like the 
uh, god awful, but you you know, kid patience allowed me to play Sonic Spinball and uh, Sonic Mean Bean Machine as well. Mm-hmm. Sonic had a really rough transition to 3D, um, and so I think that kind of started the entire like 32-bit and on era really badly for him. I mean, Sonic I think is a good mascot character. Sonic was a huge success of marketing because Sega was trying to position themselves against Nintendo and they really successfully put Sonic up as this uh, icon of coolness uh, while Mario is a fat plumber. And so that part really worked really well for a lot of people. You know, I think everybody really wanted to play with Sonic. You know, the thing about character platformers where you have these little you know, cool characters is that they live or die based on like, do I want to spend time with this animal buddy? And Sonic worked for a lot of people that way. Yeah, Genesis Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Oh, it does. You know? It just does. It absolutely worked for Young Reagan. I mean, the the thing that kept like I, I absolutely bought Sega's marketing hook, line, and sinker. You know, uh, we didn't actually seek out and purchase the Sega Genesis. It was kind of like dumped on us by our older cousin who had decided he had become too uh, cool and adult for video games and brought over like a milk crate with the Genesis and like a ton of games. Some of them really good and cool, uh, like things like, I don't know, Starflight and uh, Fantasy Star 4 and others that were like really bad and awful. But the Sonic games, all of them were in that bin. And, you know, I just the tribalism of the 90s, I guess I was like, oh, yeah, man. I'm glad we got this Genesis because Nintendo sucks. Mario's slow and stupid and cutesy, and I don't want that. I want cool, edgy Sonic who runs fast and flips people off. And yet every time I would go over to the house of someone who had a Super Nintendo, I would beg them to play Super Mario World. True. It was one of those things where that was an age where you were not going to get two consoles. It was inconceivable that someone would have both a Genesis and a Super Nintendo. I don't think I knew anybody who did. And so whichever one you got, even though it was the golden age of exclusives. I know, I know. So <laughs> whichever one you got, like that was the that was your clan, right? That was your tribe. You you couldn't you, saying like, "Oh well, maybe Nintendo is better in some ways." Would have been like saying, "But I guess I'm just going to play bad games for the rest of my life." Like you can't you, <laughs> you can't like accept that, right? You you know you're never ever going to get a Nintendo, so you've got to defend that Sega choice or, you know, circumstance. Yeah, um, I got a Sega uh, I, I, kind of early on from when Sega came out, so I remember going, we got the, the one that came with Sonic 1, had the big not for resale, you know, uh, like not sticker, but it's just part of the cart said real big on it, not for resale. And then um, I have memory, vivid memories of going to Toys R Us when Sonic 3 came out and getting it like the day it came out and it was like $70 which is crazy to think mm-hmm. about um, $70 you know back then and you were only getting half a game you had to wait for Sonic and Knuckles before you got the right. rest of it right but I didn't even know that you know mm-hmm. uh, it's like hey it's new Sonic if that happened today like quote unquote gamers would riot yeah especially if it was that price that's not true uh, that's the most popular like phenomenon in gaming right now is early access shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
different though. But I mean, in seventy dollars in the mid nineties, you know, that'd be like paying off what, like a hundred and twenty dollars now mm-hmm. for like half a game. Yeah, I just spent a hundred bucks on Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got you bought you you chose to pay a hundred dollars for all that extra like. And I didn't even get the two expansions yet. Oh my god. I, I, I paid a hundred bucks for for Destiny and a promise of two expansions that might be garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, or they'll just. What if they never even put those games out? What if uh, you know Destiny collapses? <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, I'll be so sad. Anyway, Sonic Sonic is a little wonderful, charming thing from my childhood. Like I have a lot of affection for Sonic, and I do feel like that feeling was stomped on and just destroyed by over a decade of crap products you know there's uh there there, there are actually a a few good games uh out of the post genesis sonic era um i've never actually played it but i've heard good things about the sonic adventure games i've played some of the sonic Sonic colors games yeah i've heard sonic colors was okay although like eh, maybe like there, there are some good games I didn't even try any of the 3D Sonics. To me, it was just obvious that they would be bad. And by that time, like, the Sega brand name was all, was even ruined for me. Because, you know, it was, a, it was a moment where, you know, they had tried again and again to continue their legacy in the home console market, and they had failed again and again. I had a Sega Saturn, and all the games for it were bad. And I don't even remember... Was there a Sega Saturn version? There wasn't. That's kind of an interesting story. If we want to do a bit of a side note, there, um, the so Yuji Naka, the guy who created the the Sonic. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, Yuji Naka didn't create the character Sonic. That was part of a sort of internal contest at Nintendo, and I forget the name of the guy who was the character designer. But he was Yuji Naka. Basically, created the game, and when they started moving over to the Saturn. Um, Yuji Naka's team uh, created Knights. I think at the time that Yuji Naka was kind of tired of Sonic, basically. Um, and so Knights, which was like a good game. Shane, you say there were no games, there were good games on the Saturn. That is wrong, and there are a lot of good Knights games good. on the Saturn. Knights was a great game. And um, uh, Virtua Cop was good. Virtua Cop was I cool. A, yeah. Virtua Fighter Saturn. was good. Sorry, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Power... <laughs> Wait, was Power Stone on Saturn or Dreamcast? That was Dreamcast, yeah. That was, Dreamcast. That was a really rad game. But there's a lot of good games yeah. on Saturn. I have a Saturn. I still play it actually kind of um, kind of a lot these days. But yeah, no, Sega had dragged their name through the, through the mud by releasing uh, first a series of bad add-ons to the Sega Genesis. Yeah. They, they released the Sega CD, which was a CD game drive thing you would bolt onto your... Genesis. We just couldn't afford it. There were some good games on the Sega CD, like uh, Sonic CD. Yeah, apparently there was a good Sonic game. <laughs> Reagan is not going to let you say a single negative thing about no, Sega. He's Sega. not. <laughs> he's going to interrupt <laughs> me every time. Don't uh, even and try. And then they released the 32X, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was a you know bolt that would bolt onto the top. We had a 32X. It was kind of cool. So, I mean, there was some good Sonic games. It was like the Sega Sega CD Sonic was supposed to be really good, but in order to play it, you had to just get all these bizarre appendages for your Genesis. Very expensive. I remember looking in magazines at Sega CD stuff and thinking like, I can never get this. You know, I'll never be able to get a Sega CD. And also, the rumors were already swirling about future, you know, 32-bit consoles at that point. You're like, why am I going to spend hundreds of dollars to bolt a CD drive onto my Genesis when I can wait for 
Project Neptune or whatever was coming next at the time, you know? Um, and so, yeah, they, they didn't end up releasing an actual proper Sonic game on the Saturn, which was a bit of a death knell for Sega, although actually the Sonic, pla- the Sonic franchise continued. And there were some decent Sonic games after that, but nothing quite recaptured or really felt like it was continuing on from the actual game design ideas from the original Sonic games. You know, the, the Sonic CD was the end of the line for classic Sonic. And that's kind of where the really interesting development story of Sonic Mania begins. And this has been talked about on a lot of places, so uh, I won't go into too much detail here because if you're interested in this game, Sonic Mania, you may have heard this story before. But the short version is that um, obviously Sonic has had a big fan base and a big fan game community. You know, developers have been creating Sonic fan games uh, as sort of little hobby projects for a while. Some of them as things like Sonic uh, ROM hacks and others as entirely separately developed games. And one of the guys who created um, who was part of that sort of Sonic fan game community was Christian Whitehead, who is also known as Taxman. That's his, you know, developer, cool guy name. And uh, Christian Whitehead uh, was working on a fan game called Sonic Retro or Sonic Retro Nexus or something like that, which actually never saw the light of day. But as a part of that, he created an engine where he was uh, basically re-implementing the original Sonic uh, platform physics, you know, all the mechanics of Sonic, he was creating a, a an engine to be able to recreate those games in an incredibly realistic way that felt and looked and played just like original Sonic. And so also around that same time, uh, Son- uh, Sega apparently, I don't have all the details on this, I don't know where to look this stuff up, but like I think Sega had put out some kind of a call to people asking for ideas about how to port their games to iOS. Um, if I recall correctly, like they had already done the Sonic 1 port or something like that, and it hadn't been particularly well received, and they'd literally just tweeted out about it asking people for suggestions or something. I don't really quite know. But um, as a response to that, Christian ported on his own the first level of Sonic CD to his new engine and ran it on iOS. And we're talking about like iPod Touch 1 era. And the game ran beautifully. It had amazing touch controls. He put out a YouTube video. And from that, um, rather than having their lawyers descend on this guy, Sega basically brought his work in-house. And he was the guy behind the really, really excellent iOS ports of Sonic CD and Sonic CD 1, or Sonic 1 and 2. Um, and they were all done using his engine. They're not, they're not uh, emulating anything. They are straight-up recreations of those games using a new engine that he's created. And it is flawless. Uh, the Sonic CD port for iOS, uh, probably the best way to play Sonic CD today would be to download the Sonic CD version for your Apple TV, which, you know, and then grab a game controller. It's wonderful. It's got the full 16 by 9 uh, aspect ratio. Uh, you can choose between the two different soundtracks, the American or Japanese soundtracks. Great version of the game. And that same version was also ported to things like the Xbox 360 and stuff. So that essentially became, uh, his his engine essentially became an official engine for Sega. And as you might imagine, for a fan game guy, he wants to take that same engine and do something more than just recreate the games that already exist. He wants to create a new game. And that's the project that became Sonic Mania. It took a few years, but uh, here we are. I think Sega deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, I think that's a great idea. Um, a lot of companies would see that as comp- you know competition, IP problems, all that. 
Instead, they say, hey, this is someone who truly cares about the uh, the game and wants to make it good. And we also want to make it good. So let's bring mm-hmm. them in. And, yeah. uh, and it's great. I mean, uh, I think this is the best Sonic game. This game may be better than on any of the original Sonic games. If you I strip so. out, any, if you strip out nostalgia, like this is probably the best Sonic game. Yeah, which is a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. I, the, uh, the I should I should also the mention hardcore the hardcore Sonic fans are they 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 call, they're called Sonic Maniacs, mm. and uh, that's the source of the name of the game here. And if you uh, if you find uh, some of the light up signs in uh, I think the second or third level, the Studiopolis level, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of lo- uh, light up words that kind of scroll on these like marquees in that level, and one of them says uh, "For the Mania, by the Mania." Nice. And uh, you know, it really, really, you really feel every uh, ounce of love that was put into these things from these like really incredible recreations of classic levels, uh, not recreated, you know, uh, step by step, but recreated in spirit and improved to these totally new levels that are just in full of inspiration from the original games, but have like fun and cool new ideas. Uh, that's. This guy has done a really incredible job, and it shows how much he loved the original Sonic and how how uh, how well he's recreated the feel, uh, but improved the gameplay. Before we move totally off of just sort of the development story of the game, I also want to make sure that we, you know, it wasn't just Christian Whitehead creating this game. Um, I, he's the director of the game, and also I think he's sort of the main technical person behind it but he teamed up with two other uh groups i guess two developers to uh to put this together and i think they're all largely responsible for things like the level design and some of the new material um so they are pagoda west games um i'm not super familiar with them but i looked them up and they've done a few um mostly ios based platformers and uh from what i understand they there are some members of their team that are all were also previously part of the Sonic fan game community, and the same goes for Headcanon. Uh, Headcanon is a developer. I'm not actually sure if Headcanon is a single person or a team, but Headcanon uh, is another developer that seems to have done a few different things, but uh, looking them up, most relevantly, they were involved in Sonic Megamix. Uh, Sonic Megamix is the most popular and probably most widely uh, played Sonic uh, ROM hack. It's a uh, ROM hack, I think, based originally on Sonic 1, but that is just sort of expanded on it in crazy ways. It includes like six playable characters and tons of levels and a new soundtrack. It's a really interesting uh, thing to check out. So this is all based in that Sonic fan game community. Yeah, and in, on top of that, uh, even the music, uh, which is fantastic, and I know it's going to be going throughout this entire episode, is composed by... Uh, Someone named Tiago Lopez, um, and he got started by making uh, Sonic remixes on YouTube. So even the composer for this game is pulled from the Sonic fandom, but Sonic music fandom. So they just got a real good team here of people who truly care about it, and as we keep saying, it it shows. Yeah, and the music is really fantastic. And, and one other point about the music. Um, so this game has an opening sequence, an opening animation. I mean, God, like, so good. So, so good. The opening uh, animation in this game uh, is like this really cute, 
uh, fully like looks like cell drawn animation of you know just Sonic running around in some three D looking spaces that doesn't really have much to do with the story of the game. What very minimal little uh, unstory there is. But it's really, really cool looking, and the look of it is gorgeous. And I, I, apparently the guy who was sort of the main person on the animation was Tyson Hess, who was one of the artists on the Archie Comics, uh, Sega comic that ran for so many years and only just recently concluded. Um, and the, the music is uh, to that is also really excellent. It's actually by a different, a different group called Hyper Potions. Hyper Potions is great, by the way. I've seen them live a couple of times, and nice. they're... They're just a really fantastic, like, video game music-oriented, kind of live, uh, sort of electronic uh, music band. They're, they're really good. And just putting that together, like, you can tell that they really, they really looked at, like, what are the most exciting creative forces working in the existing Sonic fan community? And mm-hmm. they kind of pulled all of those, like, creative people together on this game. It's really a wonderful kind of distillation of everything that people, people who still care about Sonic and are still doing anything creative or interesting that that relates to Sonic, like pulling all of those things together into this game. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned the story of Sonic. And you're right, there's not really a story, but it dawned on me while I was playing this again. We've been talking a lot, uh, our last like several episodes and just a lot of them in general, we're always asking the question, is robots people? And <laughs> it occurred to me that there's an answer in Sonic. And it's no, robots is not people. They are adorable, uh, like bunnies and squirrels and rabbits and stuff uh, inside. Um, so <laughs> now we know. Is robot- Robotnik's people? <laughs> is Robotnik's people? No, it's bunnies. Such a weird thing that they've, they've always done. I just love that. Like you're just freeing every time you kill something, you're actually freeing like a little bunny rabbit or squirrel or something. It's I, I always felt like that was one of the most 1990s elements of Sonic because there's a through line in the Sonic games of just rampant environmentalism, <laughs> where like you always start off in this you know lush, beautiful green hill zone, and then as things progress you go to places that are more and more polluted, mm-hmm. like the oil ocean zone that we all hated, or the chemical plant zone, uh, or, you know, you know, and, and let's throw in some, um, let's throw in some anti-war message too by, by going to the flying battery zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of these are, are peopled by uh, little robots that often look like animals, but when you break them, a different animal comes out, so you might see <laughs> a robotic uh, ladybug, uh, and you break it, and inside is a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they just go bounding away. I'm like, no, don't go that way. That's where the uh, the giant rotating spike balls are. Don't go that way, squirrel. <laughs> no, you went into the oil ocean. Something I saw that Yuji Naka had retweeted a, a little while ago was that uh, you know Sonic. Uh, so so Mar- Mario uh, is on- only cares about women and money. Whereas Sonic, Sonic is a freedom fighter. He fights for the people and for the environment. That's why Sonic is so important. I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, sure. Like Sonic, Sonic is a freedom fighter. Who he fights to to save the Earth or whatever planet he is on from evil robots and pollution. Mario is just about collecting those coins, man. It's just just about coins. And yeah, uh, 
capitalist marriages mm-hmm. between <laughs> lizards and and uh, princesses. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about why this game is good, though, because it it it's Sonic, yes, and obviously we're fans of Sonic, but I think that this game would appeal to people who don't even necessarily like the original Sonic games. Yeah. This might, mm, I, 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 that's a hard sell. I think, honestly, if you disliked the original Sonic, you will not like this game. This is not going to change your mind on Sonic, in my opinion. I don't know. I think so. Sonic has always, to me, been about two things: momentum and exploration. And I think some of the original games, that balance is can be tricky sometimes. You you finally get yourself going and it feels great and then it stops and you have to do like kind of slippery platforming and then you try to get the momentum going and then you stop this game i think has separated those two things even more and it's more broken into like here's an exploration part and a platforming part and then here's a pure momentum part where we're going to send you on like a ride that feels great it, it keeps them a little apart from each other more. And I think that makes a more overall enjoyable experience. I can see that for sure. The structure of this does feel a little different from the original Sonic or, you know, Sonic 2, 3, that sort of thing. Um, the biggest thing that I noticed sort of about the level design in this game, and I mean, first off, Shane, I think you're kind of right. Like, I, I kind of agree with both of you a bit. I think that this could very well be a really great gateway to Sonic. So if somebody has never played Sonic... This is going to leave a really good first impression, probably better first impression than if you went and played, say, Sonic 2 first, for example, although I do love Sonic 2. Um, But I do think that there are some things that, and we'll probably talk about them a little later, that if you really just don't like X about Sonic, a lot of those same design ideas, I mean, obviously very intentionally, this game is doing a lot of the same stuff as original Sonic. But the biggest game design difference I noticed here was that they have, you know, so just like original Sonic games, like Sonic 3, for example, the acts, each zone is divided into two acts. And, um, you know, you play through one act and hit a mid-boss, you play the second act and you kind of hit the final boss of the zone. In this game, most of the levels had a kind of a feeling where the first act felt really a lot like original Sonic to me. And they were just, you know, giving you either a remix of an original Sonic zone or a new zone that still felt very true to the original Sonic design philosophies. And then with Act 2, that was where they would throw in their twists. So the example that I would use would be like one of the later levels, Metallic Madness, which is a a remix of a, a zone from Sonic CD. So it's not an entirely new zone. But in the second act, they introduce this really cool mechanic where, well... It's not something that's entirely original, but it's certainly something I've never seen in the Sonic game, where you jump on these certain little bouncer things, and they bounce you into the background of the zone. So the first level, you know, the first act, you're basically just progressing through Metallic Madness Zone, and it looks and plays pretty much exactly like you might remember it from Sega CD, if you ever had one of those and could afford them. And wow, wow, you were rich in the 90s, kid. But <laughs> the uh, the the second act, that that sort of mechanic of like, you can't get any farther right here, but you can bounce into the background, and there's a whole separate level back there that you can see sort of, you know, you've got these tiny little sonic sprites moving around, and this tiny little level that's off in the distance. That was really cool. 
And almost all of the, the zones, uh, even the ones that are sort of remixes of previous games, have some really interesting little twist in that second act to make the second act distinct and different from the first act. And that's probably my favorite thing about this Sonic game. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them, even if they were doing something that was very familiar from, from one of the previous games, had something to, to distinguish itself from the original, some little new idea. Yeah, and it was in the second act that I think they would really um, let loose a bit with the momentum element of it, where mm -hmm. there would be sometimes where you'd get dropped into a, a thing, and you're just flying across the map, uh, you know, doing all the loops, being launched in the air off of the springboards, and it just, it's so much fun, and that's when Sonic feels like the most exciting, is when you're flying around this map, uh, and they really, you could tell, spent a lot of time constructing these different routes that you'd be flung through. So we already mentioned that uh, the zones kind of break down into two two different things. There's some zones that are essentially remixes of original Sonic zones, and there's others that are entirely new. Um, one, I guess, slight complaint I would have about the game is that I really, really loved their brand new zones, and I kind of mm -hmm. preferred them to the remixed zones, although those were cool too. But the brand new zones were great, and. Uh, it was basically a third of the game was new zones. There were basically there were so there are twelve zones, and four of them are um, brand new, and the rest are remixes. Actually, there's a thirteenth zone that I still haven't been able to get to. Um, that is, I think, basically just a final boss zone once you get all the chaos emeralds. So the zones that are are uh, remixes. Um, there's uh, Stardust Speedway, which is from uh, Sega CD or Sonic CD, Green Hill Zone, Chemical Plant Zone, uh, Flying Battery Zone from Sonic and Knuckles, Hydrocity Zone from Sonic 3, Lava Reef Zone, um, Oil Ocean Zone, uh, which was from um, Sonic 2, and um, Mechanical Mat or excuse me, Metallic Madness Zone, which I think was in Sonic CD. Um, so all of those are remixes of the originals, and all that means is that the graphics are based on that original. There are still some original brand new enemies, um, and the layout is entirely different. So the, the zones are mostly longer than their classic game equivalents, and um, mostly they have like... There were definitely... Much larger vertically as well, many more paths. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're huge. So it felt like these zones were way bigger. Yeah, because sometimes, um, so if you, it's not uncommon to have to replay uh, zones. And I would find it like one, you know, I'd play a zone and I'd go one way and I would maybe hit the mid boss in like three minutes of playing because I found like a really direct route. And then I'd go a different way the next time. And I might be exploring for like 10 plus minutes in an entirely new section of the map that I never even went to in the first place. Uh, it's really, really unique. One thing I really liked in the design was another thing that got remixed was a lot of the little mechanics were remixed. So one thing that's a kind of a prominent thing in Sonic is uh, shield shields. So you know you you have your your rings and the rings you'll lose all of them up to you know whatever a hundred where you get the extra life um, if you get hit. But you can pick up these different shields and the shields have different elements and. Some of the shields have always had something special about them, like the water shield, the bubble shield letting you breathe underwater and, and bounce a little bit, and the fire shield letting you um, do a little fire dash. 
but they had they've added in a lot more interactions between things which that I thought were really clever like for example if you're in the in the very first level if you grab, grab the fire shield and walk over any of the wooden bridges the bridges will burn and fall out from under you mm. um, yeah or if you are on fire when you go into the oil in oil ocean zone the oil catches on fire which is awesome and they had similar stuff with the um uh the lightning shield with the uh, the bubble shield uh so I, I thought that was pretty interesting um they really kind of tried to think of new and interesting ways to kind of tweak things i was a particular fan of the tweaks that they made to uh the chemical plant zone mm. with the plungers with the of different kind of colors of liquid uh that turned uh hazardous chemicals that you would die if you fell, fell into into uh bouncy mm-hmm. uh chemicals the that you could giant syringes off. that was great. yeah all of that stuff really really clever uh you know taking some of this classic stuff and maybe uh finding new ways to reuse stuff without even necessarily coming up with a bunch of new new like pixel art or anything like that just just improving the gameplay yeah really liked it the uh, the new zones were all obviously they were entirely new material, and that meant they could do some really inventive stuff that you probably haven't seen in a Sonic game before. And those were easily my favorite. Um, Studiopolis zone is looks like a kind of a crazy neon movie set, and God, the art like my favorite art in the game easily is the Studiopolis zone stuff. It's full of little hidden details that just are little like nods to Sonic fans or to Sega fans for example like there's like Daytona USA cars in there and Shane mentioned mm-hmm. the little messages on the on the like marquees and lots of other cool cool little uh, details and just, there's like a popcorn maker that has like Sega stuff all over it that's yeah. actually that's great that. that that's a reference to there's a arcade machine with, called like Sonic's popcorn maker or something like that <laughs> that was a uh, it was an arcade machine I think it was only in Japan they may have had it here as well but it was like an arcade video game where you'd play a little Sonic game in order to make popcorn, and then it would dispense actual popcorn. I uh, didn't know that that existed, and that's so wonderful. That's fantastic. They they have uh, they reference like I'm pretty sure if Sonic was on something, it's in this game somewhere. And I'll even take lesser known Sonic games and turn them into mini games hmm. in this game, which was. Such a surprise and such a delight to have a mini boss that was an entirely other uh, Sonic game. We should we should talk about the bosses and the the one that that Nate's mentioning there is the the Mean Bean Machine boss. Easily, like I I yelled when that Mean Bean Machine boss came on screen. Right? Oh my god! I you we are we are uh, on record as being huge Puyo Puyo fans um, in in this household here and. Uh, Yes, that was super fun. I really was really glad to see that. So if you're not, if you would never played Mean Bean Machine, that was a, uh, so when they localized uh, Puyo Puyo 2, oh no, I'm sorry, that was actually the first Puyo Puyo. When they localized Puyo Puyo for Genesis uh, in the US, they uh, they brought it out as a Sonic spin-off game called uh, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, a kind of falling blob uh, puzzle game. Uh, and it's a pretty good game. And uh, I definitely played it when I was a kid and kind of didn't get it. But ever, but since then, as a more you know Puyo Puyo fan, I have definitely played a fair amount of it. And uh, rather than having a boss fight in that one particular stage, you just play Puyo against Robotnik. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So I played I played a ton of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Um, that was, I had that, I mean, I had, if Sonic's name was on it, I had it for, you know, Sega. So mm-hmm. I played a ton of that game. And there's a, um, a level later that has a ton of uh, the flippers like you would have from Sonic's. Oh, Spin yeah. Level. Yeah. So there's lots of great nods to, to you know, Sonic's history of, of video games in all of those new zones. And all of the bosses are, like, this is, unlike any previous Sonic game, I've like, Sonic's weakness, in my opinion, was, one of them was always the bosses. And that's probably the place where this game has improved the most, for me, on the previous Sonic, like, classic Sonic games. Every zone had a boss that played a little differently. You know, they're not, a lot of Sonic bosses were are just like, Here's a bunch of things that will hit you. Try to avoid them. If you lose all your all your rings, try to grab them again before the next uh, bit of the boss. Then hit the boss in this one red spot as many times as you can before he goes into a next phase. And certainly there are bosses that kind of follow that same pattern here. There's some bosses that are basically remixed versions of original Sonic bosses, but some of them are pretty much totally new. Um, I really liked the, the giant spider boss uh, that you kind of have mm-hmm. to knock into spikes as you're kind of elevating up on an elevator um, and flipping back and forth on these little swingy poles. Um, I Obviously, the Mean Bean Machine boss was great. Um, there were a few bosses that I definitely didn't like, and we might talk about the oil potion sound <laughs> at some point here in a minute. Um, but, like, mostly, right there. the bosses are great. And I did not have the same problems you guys had with oil ocean zone. I got through it faster than Reagan, I think. I spent like I, two or three days on it. <laughs> no joke. I had... Actually, I'm glad we actually talked about this um, now. I, I do think it's worth mentioning that uh, for a game that is definitely a lot of fan service, they definitely didn't make it easy. There are a lot of challenging parts in this game, and I really appreciate that. You don't just turn it on and blow through a bunch of, like, you know custom sonic levels you actually have to take your time with it and try to and and conserve your rings and and learn how the boss works um i died a ton me too um and that kind of ties into one of the things that i think i would have some complaints about and this is not just me complaining that like i like easy games and hard games are bad um there were some places in this game where the difficulty felt unnecessarily hard or maybe hard for reasons that weren't fun um i keep going back to oil ocean zone because it was probably the place where i had the most trouble with this but like there were uh so something about the sonic games that if you haven't played them in a while you might not even remember is that the structure is basically that um, even in sonic 3 where you can save you have a save file um you play through act one of you start each act with three lives you play through act one and then you play through act and its boss and then you play through act two and its boss and then you're done with the zone Um, and if you lose all of your lives and you start with just three and it's actually kind of hard to get more in the course of the level because you have to collect a hundred rings without getting hit in order to to get another life um if you lose all of those lives, you start the entire zone over. So you go back to the beginning of Act 1. And what that can mean is that if that final boss is very hard and requires you to try it maybe six or eight times, you might end up restarting the entire act and playing through two entire... Or excuse me, restarting the entire zone and playing through two entire acts uh, multiple times 
um, hoping to get to the end of the final of the you know the second act with enough lives to give that boss several more tries until you finally get through it. That that feels like an antique idea to me. Um, now I. I understand that some folks will just say, well, that's just how Sonic is, and, you know, if you're, if you think that's too hard, you know, screw you, or you're a baby, or whatever, like, I just, I, I have moved on past being really comfortable with playing the same level or material again and again and again, and, you know, maybe a little more into it here than in other games, because there are many different paths you can take through the level, but once I've played through the same two acts of, you know, the same zone, say five times i'm ready to be done and so when so the oil ocean zone is where i had the most trouble with this the final boss is what felt like to me extremely unfair and kind of badly designed and had some what really felt like buggy kills um for me it's kind of a octopus boss that you have to jump in and out of a bunch of oil sludge and try to avoid its its shots while trying to hit it in very specific spots and did not like that boss no not at all Reagan, I'm a little, I'm a little confused here though. So, you said you don't like to play things over and over and over. Yet, I today you just purchased Destiny Two. So, where do these <laughs> things? How do these two things uh, align? I really think if Sonic had fat loot, then uh, Reagan would be changing his tune. If I could get but you guys I, but, in my fire team on Sonic yeah. and we could tackle that boss together, I think I would have had maybe slightly different feelings about it. But as is Sonic and Tails, the original fire team. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. What am I talking I, about? But man, I had the just, exact same feeling. And I actually, I you know, and I love roguelikes and stuff. So playing content over and over uh, is fine to me. But I felt the same thing. I, I feel like all the what would have totally alleviated this is just let you restart at act two um even if it's a you know you lose all your lives just once you've cleared act one um you know start me over at act two and i would have been fine with it but it was it was just kind of was felt boring to play the first act over and over and over and like the last thing sonic should be is boring mm-hmm. um and and that's I had the same frustration. The, the I actually didn't have any problem with Oil Ocean Zone really any more than any other zone, but I did have a difficult time beating the boss from uh, Hydrocity. I always said Hydro City, um, but I don't know which it is either. Um, yeah, could be either way. Uh, I had a problem with that one. And if it looks more like a city, then I wouldn't call it Hydrocity. <laughs> and I got very frustrated having to play the first act. You know, over and over just to get more attempts at the final boss. You know, for me, honestly, the game um, works because of some of that stuff. It's not that I'm saying, like, I, I love playing the same Sonic level over and over again. But, you know, just to give you my perspective, I spent most of my time playing this game on no save mode. Uh, like, literally one continue. And if I ran out of lives, I would start the, compl- the whole game over at the Green Hill Zone. Um, and I mean, it's not because I wanted to be hardcore. It's because I really liked the, I really wanted to try and find the secret uh, emeralds. And if you grab one of those emeralds and don't successfully complete the minigame, which we should talk about the minigames. Yeah. Uh, the, then you, you just lost that chance at that emerald. So I wanted to practice a little bit, uh, but also that's kind of just how I played Sonic in the past and being really good at a sonic level is a lot more fun than playing it for the first time so that's true that's true like be knowing the knowing the path or knowing the different paths and knowing where the secrets are that's really fun that's like that's the exploration side of sonic like 
And also, once you know it that way, that's when you really can get momentum. Because nothing sucks in Sonic like having your momentum broken. Like, and that's why I think Sonic doesn't feel modern, even in this like very best rendition. It's that it's Sonic can be punishing, you know, because it, it, it when it breaks your momentum, even that just moment to moment, like gameplay where it's like, oh shit, I you know have to stop this before these spikes. Now I've lost my speed, but. So that's that's kind of how I play it a little differently. I really like that about it. Most of the time I'm playing Sonic, I am playing Green Hill Zone, and that's fine with me. You know, you mentioned the like that you were doing that to go through, get the emeralds, and see the and do the um, the like uh, bonus stages. And so we should probably talk a little bit about those. Sonic has often had what I think of as kind of bad bonus stages, like the weird like slot machine or pachinko style ones, or the one that looks like a like a like a gachapon some of the bonus stages sonic over the years has had some really bad bonus stages here they brought back one bonus stage from the past that i love to play the one that i love the yep. blue sphere yeah. mode get blue one. spheres yes and they also brought in a new one um the sort of three and that's a cool nod to the sonic game that we never saw on the sega saturn it's that sort of 3d sonic uh, was it called sonic rush i think or something like that no, but it's a, it's a sort of this. a 3D running mode that has a sort of a mode seven kind of look, and both of those were like super super fun. Um, I I still love Blue Sphere, and it, it uh, you know that's returning from what is that from Sonic Three, Sonic Three and Knuckles. Yeah, I actually so that one is kept completely optional because you have to choose to go into the little uh, like lights that appear when you go through a checkpoint. So that on its own, first off, you know that's great because bonus games like that should be optional but the the thing about that get blue spheres game it still feels really um old but what they've done that's really good here is that they have it seems like those bonus stages in a random playlist Mm -hmm. so that when you when you pull one of them and you you decide okay i'm gonna stop going fast for a while and i'm gonna make these horrible 90 degree turns into these horrible red stops um you're 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 not gonna know exactly what you're gonna get. In Sonic 3, I actually would sometimes plug non-Sonic games into Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles, just to play the Get Blue Spheres game. Mm-hmm. Because if you plugged in like Street Fighter or something into, there was always this playground talk of like, oh man, if you plug in uh marvel versus capcom you can play a sonic <laughs> in marvel versus capcom how do you put the cd um, in the top of knuckles shane i don't get it i don't know but so people would so i, I tried every uh, every game that i owned i would plug into the top of sonic and knuckles at some point sonic uh, and knuckles and, into game genie and sonic and nba jam into uh ah, sonic that's what and you knuckles. have to do to play to put make knuckles uh the the ball in yeah, uh, yeah. nba jam the yeah, sonic dunk mode idea. got it yeah yeah yes uh so so that Get Blue Spheres game, you know, I I had a lot of nostalgia for that just on its own. The levels in this were actually good. A lot of them were really good. Um, they Some of them felt easier and some of them felt harder than the original game. But because there was much more variety, I really, you know, I would I would, I would choose to do them a lot. I go it every time. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other bonus game, the uh, kind of racing game, that I think may be... Like, it's definitely the best mini game that Sonic games have ever had, and I I would hunt. That's a lot of why I would um, 
I would replay a lot is because I wanted to hunt down all those uh, giant rings to try and try that bonus game again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, actually, something I would say is sort of a complaint about this. I, I love both of those games too. And also, just to add, um, you use you do the um, the blue spheres to gain these little medals, and the medals uh, you have to accumulate a lot of them, but eventually they unlock new stuff. I still haven't gotten enough, but apparently, if you get a ton of them, you can unlock a you know the puyo puyo like mean bean machine mode as its own separate mode from the menus you can unlock other sorts of stuff in the game i've only gotten maybe like 12 of them and there are a lot of them to get um and then the other mode the uh the running sort of racing mode is for trying to get uh, chaos emeralds and my problem with these and this is another thing is like i feel like you can't really complain too much when they reproduce something pretty much exactly from the original games, but something that really bugs me about this setup, and did back then too, was that in order to get to those, you have to play through an entire Sonic level and find the right spot to get to that you know, ring to get into that bonus stage, for example. And by the time I'd gotten through the whole game, you know, I played through the entire game from beginning to end, saw credits, and I'd only gotten two Chaos Emeralds. And I do want to, to do that final boss that requires all the Chaos Emeralds. Like, I, I want to do that. But the idea of going back and playing those levels again and again and again and again in order to get to those is daunting. And frankly, I probably just won't do it. I would really like, and also, like, I really like those bonus modes. I would really like to be able to just say, okay, let me just play Blue Sphere constantly until I unlock stuff. Give me a Blue Sphere mode from the menu. Give me a Sonic running game unlock the chaos emeralds game thing straight from the menu uh maybe maybe just open that up once i finish the game and i would do that like if i had that option right now without basically playing through whole sonic levels just to get to those rings you know it takes 15 20 minutes to find one of those rings in a sonic level for me at least it's just not going to happen i'm not going to get all the chaos emeralds in this game and i never have in a sonic game if I had the option to just go in and play that and repeat those same levels until I got them right, I would do it. But it doesn't let you do that. Yeah, I think it's and that's just part of the intentional sort of challenge of Sonic, that exploration side of it that they're like, if you wanna do if you wanna win it, you gotta find this stuff and also beat the minigame, which I'm terrible at for some reason. It's not really that challenging and I bit and I rarely catch the stupid ufo i wonder if there's a cheat code to unlock that stuff i know there were you know there were there were cheat codes in in sonic 3 for example and i like uh, last year actually no i guess it was more like two years ago now i sat down and played through all of sonic 3 and knuckles and um it was great fun but i couldn't get all the chaos emeralds in that either but when i wanted to see the end and i if i remember correctly i think i did some kind of a cheat code or game genie thing something like that to uh to unlock the the remaining chaos emeralds and, and beat it out I bet there are. Cheat codes were a big part of that, like, time in video games. So I, we should look into that. I'm sure there there must be a cheat code for this game. And this is the kind of game where I like. I don't feel like that's a big deal. I would totally put in a cheat code once yeah. I kind of beat the main game and just want to see some stuff that I wasn't able to get to. One thing that I noticed, too, with this game, uh, you have a 10-minute timer on an act. I cannot remember ever before playing a Sonic game where I've run out of time. Like, that just never happened to me. Um, I have died a couple times playing this game, running out mm-hmm. of time. Um, and because they're just, just longer, yeah, they're big, and you want, and you know, I want to look around and I want to try to find the hidden stuff. And then all of a sudden, oh crap! I have two minutes to get to the end, and, and then some of the boss fights are longer than the other games. The boss fights can be—I know we've already talked about them—but they can be a little bit more of a staged event with different uh, um, 
you know, stages of the boss. You beat them and they come back and, and it can, it takes longer. So you think you've got, you can beat them in a minute. Maybe not. Um, which is great, but that just, I think is a testament to how much bigger the game is than the old ones. It is sort of like, if the, some folks have kind of positioned this as like, what if they'd actually properly made a Sonic game on the Saturn? But in a way, I really think this is more just like, what if after Sonic CD, somehow they'd taken all of the technical limitations off of the Sega CD? This doesn't really feel quite like a Saturn game. Um, you know, Saturn games, those that were 2D, tended to have, you know, larger sprites than these, and they kind of had a different feel to them. Um, but this game, like, it feels like the absolute most extreme version of the original Sonic that you could possibly do without making a, like, 32-bit transition or something. Yeah, well, it's as if Sonic, instead of trying to go 3D, just kept working on you know, how the, the original format, just make the original format more interesting, bigger, more fun, more of everything. And that's what we have now. And I think that's why it works so well. And it's been very successful. And so I assume that Sonic, Sega isn't going to just be like, wow, that one game sold really well and has reinvigorated a, a, you know, a flagship franchise. Let's not do that again. Like, I, I th- certainly there's going to be a Sonic Mania 2 or whatever they want to call it. Yeah, um, I really hope so. And I mean, like, this has gotten a really great critical response, much, much more so than any previous attempt at recapturing the sort of 2D Sonic thing. I mean, like, you look back at things like um, Sonic Advance or the in- extremely disappointing Sonic the Hedgehog 4, which they were going to release in three parts, and after the second act, they just stopped they didn't release a third act and no one cared like there was there was no outcry about where is sonic the hedgehog 4 part 3 because no one cared because it wasn't very good and yet you know if you're if you're an executive you know at sega trying to decide like well should we do another 2d sonic all signs pointed to no um but they let the people who really loved this franchise give it a shot and they've turned out a game that got 86 or 85 on on metacritic and it's getting like eights and nines across the board which is uh, from most uh most review places which is unheard of for sonic and I, I actually think that some of these are probably a little bit inflated by nostalgia you know when when somebody like um like GameSpot gives us a nine out of ten and you look at how they rate things i'm like this is a really good game, no questions asked. Um, but I, I think I'd probably fall more line, in line with somebody like Polygon giving it like a seven out of ten. We don't do number number ratings. I don't know why I'm doing that, but you, you know, I, I think it's a really, really excellent game. Um, I think some of the some of the enthusiasm for it really is just sort of based on that relief of like, oh, Sonic can still be as good as I remember it. It doesn't always have to be these like really strange or disappointing versions of what I remember from Sonic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I absolutely better. think they probably will do another one. I hope they do. Um, yeah. But I, I hope they continue to try new things. I hope they don't just once again do, you know, a, 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 a mirror image with slight tweaks and improvements of, of original Sonic. I hope these same folks start thinking about what can we do next that would be new and different. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of doing, you know, 12 level or nine levels that are remixes and three that are original, um, just do a full game of original levels. Yeah, I would love that. You've you bought us in with the uh, the uh, throwback element and the sort of nostalgia, which I really try to remove when I'm 
playing things like this and i while nostalgia is can be effective i just really think this is a really fun game it doesn't matter that's why i think it doesn't really matter if you played sonic before i think this game is a lot of fun um i think it is probably more fun for old sonic fans but i think they could uh really keep iterating on it and just make it more and more fun yeah and if you for some reason are not a you have never really played a sonic game i think this is now the de facto one to try i agree Um, yeah and we we uh haven't really talked about how long the game is this being the short game uh, i would say that if you're playing through just the main levels and not trying to get every uh, metal and chaos emerald and and get to the sort of final boss stage um, i'd say you could probably see credits on this game in maybe five hours and maybe maybe a lot longer if you're really bad at it uh, yeah. <laughs> which would me, be me like i think i probably actually spent more like six or seven or something um uh, how long to beat lists uh, 21 hours for completionist which I kind of believe yeah I guess if you do everything I mean there's 12 stages right and so if you just ace the stage it can be you know under 10 minutes so uh, it just kind of depends on how how good you are and I I there was maybe two or three stages where I went through without having to restart at least once for the most part though I was I was getting to the final boss and then I would die, and I would usually get the final boss on my second run. Um, Hydro City took me like three or four runs at it. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably going to hit um, that 21 hours if you're trying to get every blue sphere and get blue spheres. Oh, yeah, but yeah. other than that, I think you could you could beat the game with you know having completed a tidy number of those bonus games, and even having gotten all of the. Um, Chaos Emeralds, which I did not quite do, in probably six or seven hours. Yeah, uh, which puts it well within our, you know, what we really like to see in terms of games. So this game does feel like it was made for lovers of short games, um, and it's honestly it's a game that I'm going to continue to come back to. I don't think I'm going to hit that 21 hours and get every single possible coin out of the out of the uh, bonus games, but I would really like to have a run through this game where I get all the Chaos Emeralds. Oh, I yeah. feel like that would be very very satisfying and probably more doable than, than in a lot of the previous Sonic games. And so this game is available on a, it's a digital-only release multi-platform. It's out on the Nintendo Switch, uh, which is great, a uh, great place to play it. The PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and also on Steam uh, for Windows. And uh, I mean, if you're picking between those, if you have a Nintendo Switch, I think this is it's a really great experience picking this up on the Switch. You know, I played it uh, at least half in handheld mode and half on my TV with the uh, the Pro Controller. Both of those felt great. It's a it's a great game to play on that platform, and kind of cool to play the first uh, first really good Sonic game in years on the brand new Nintendo console, kind of a, mm-hmm. kind of a weird and cool thing. But like, if you don't have a switch yet, which, you know, they're still kind of hard to get your hands on and kind of expensive. Uh, you still should pick this game up. It's 20 bucks and it's available on something that you can play games on right now for sure. Yeah. And I think we all said it over and over now, but I highly recommend this game, but yeah, totally. Awesome. So go fast to your download store of choice. <laughs> and ring up a purchase for oh, Sonic God. Mania. Nailed it. Oh, um, 
yeah, I guess we'll go out on that. Uh, thank you guys for so so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net where you'll find a contact form where we love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion of a short game, a game that you've enjoyed that you think is you know under 10-ish hours and that we might want to check out for this show, uh, let us know. We want to hear from you. Uh, a lot of the shows, the games that we play on this show are ones that have been suggested by by listeners. Um, and also, uh, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, at underscore short game. We love to hear from you. Uh, great place to contact us as well. Um, also, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate those. They are something that actually benefits the show. And if you're enjoying you know, any of the content that we're putting out, we would really appreciate it if you take five minutes and, and leave us a quick review on iTunes. Um, it does help the show. Yeah, uh, and we love uh, reading them. Also, on just on a personal note, we love hearing from you. And a uh, with that being said, a shout-out to The Sweat who wrote us a very nice review, uh, five stars. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The sweat. The sweat. And, uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at Reagan K. That's R A Y G A N K. Uh, Nate, where can people find you on the Twitter at Nate S T L and Shane, where can people find you also Twitter at eight bit Shane. And, uh, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the short game.